crack PR team just told me that that was the 15th time we scored five goals this year. And and what was the, the record is that we haven't lost when we scored five, five or more goals. So uh, to do that at even strengths, I think that's a positive. I don't think, um, you know, for me, that's not the side of the game that we're putting our focus or concern on. I think we're putting a lot of emphasis on um, defending the right way, and I thought we did a lot of really good things towards that direction tonight, and we're able to take two points off a divisional opponent that's in front of us right now. Orrin Fogel said he had more chances tonight than he feels he's had you know, in, in a few weeks and uh, was happy to bury that one. He scored, McLeod scored, Ryan scored. You're just getting lots more contributions. How important is that, and what did you make of Fogel's effort tonight? Well, what I liked about it is where those goals were scored, all, all three of them. Um, you know, uh, three guys that maybe aren't at the high end of the goal chart but uh, went somewhere in order to find offensive success. I think Warren Fogel's game has picked up since uh, he was scratched there for, for a couple games. It, and we said at that time, you know, it was nothing that he was doing wrong. It was just that we made a coach's decision at that point. Uh, I thought his game has come uh, since he's come back into the lineup. And uh, it was nice to see him score a blue paint goal in the fashion that he did. He probably could have had three or four more other ones. Uh, maybe I'll just jump off that and ask about Pugliarvi, who ended up being the healthy scratch tonight. Where are you at on his game and what went into that decision? Yeah, you know, he wasn't in the lineup tonight. I thought our team, you know, played well and won the game. You know, it, those decisions aren't easy decisions. When you start getting back to full health, um, you know, the coaching the coach's job and the coaching staff's job, uh, you know, makes it difficult because we have a lot of really good players. And uh, tonight he didn't play in the, in the game tonight, but I feel good about him and his game. And he'll get back in there soon. Evander Kane comes back in. What did you think of the way he looked, given how long he's been off, and how much, how much did the group miss him now that you have him back? I thought he played a heck of a game tonight. I mean, you look at his shots, you look at his finish checks, uh, you look at his time on ice. For somebody that's missed um, that amount of hockey and to step right in to when we're in mid-season form right now, so mid-season pace, mid-season execution level, and uh, I thought he, he, he makes us a better team. Uh, he slots people in the right kind of slots. I used him in um, every avenue of the game. He played shorthanded, he's played on the power play, uh, and he was uh, dynamite five on five. So I thought he, it, it was a very good start for him to come back into that game. Jay, what did you what did you think of uh, Jack Campbell's performance tonight? It was very good. Yeah, will helped us win the game 5-2. I think uh, he's another one of those guys who's found some confidence here in, uh, post Christmas. Uh, I actually shouldn't say found his confidence. He earned the right to feel confident, and he earned the right to feel confident by the amount of work that he put in. Um, I'm sure it wasn't easy to always not, uh, you know, be able to play game after game after game. He uh, handled it like a true professional. He went back to work. He made a few small adjustments to his game, and, and he's finding some success as the team is finding success. I'm really happy for Jack. That second goal, the one early in the, the third period, yeah. in other games or other years or whatever, could have sunk the team. How did you feel like the team responded uh, and ultimately really put it? Well, we scored within a few shifts after. Um, I like 
our chatter on the bench. I thought we there were some small things that we could have played differently in that play, um, but they're a good team. They won eight in a or I think that eight they won eight in a row, but seven of them were on the road. Um, they're going to push, and they have good players that make good plays. They found a goal at the start of the third, but I loved our response. 11 and 7. There have been times you've gone to it with mixed results. You've got great results from it recently. Is, is it the 11 and 7 formation that makes a difference or is it the way your team is playing? Like, what, why is it working this time? Um, well, last year when Dave and I first came up, we, I think we won five in a row off of it. I think when we were um, left for dead in the Los Angeles series, we went to it, won game six and game seven. Um, I thought in the third round against Colorado, our two best games were when we went 11 and seven. Um, it's a tool within our, our tool chest. And uh, for coaches, I think what you, what you try and do is you try and um, eliminate comfort and I don't think anything good ever comes out of comfort zones and sometimes uh, when you get into that type of formation it forces people to raise their game it forces some forwards to raise their game if they're taking a little bit extra on that they would normally wouldn't if it was a four-line game. And for defensemen, when we dress 7D, all of whom can play, um, it's a little bit of competition for ice time. So my follow-up would be, why wouldn't you ever not do 11 and 7 then? I mean well, I think if you can find the rhythm of where you want your game to be with four, four lines and 60, I like that too. I like that too. It's not. It's not something we're committed to. It's just something that we feel. If we need, think the team needs a little bit of a jolt, um, that's something within our arsenal. And um, until we feel we need to veer from that, we won't. Um, I think in the last seven games, we've lost one in regulation. Maybe one in regulation. Going back to the New York Islander game. And the only one that we lost in regulation was when we went four lines in 60. Uh, is it a coincidence? Probably. Um, but we found some success, and we're going to stick with it for a little bit. You have history with Philip Broberg. Uh, a lot of fans were clamoring for you know Ken Holland to give away future assets to get some immediate help in the back end. Can you assess his uh, performance over this recent stretch and your comfort level with him in the lineup? Comfort level is very high. Um, assessing his performance, I think he's been excellent. I think he's growing before our eyes. I think he was plus four tonight. I think he defends the way we want him to uh, defend. He's quick back to pucks. He's not afraid on retrievals. He goes back and touches it first. He moves pucks quickly. He still makes the odd mistake here or there that I think is experience-related and learning the, the league-related. I have nothing but the highest esteem for Philip, how he approaches his day-to-day -day process, how hard he tries to play the game. I think he's going to be a very, very good NHL defenseman for the next 15 years or so because he's got all the tools, he's in great shape, he's serious about his craft. I'm thankful he's on our team. 
Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.